Welcome to the pub. It's Wednesday, November 9th, and uh, well, as of yesterday, as of last night and this morning when Secretary Clinton conceded, we are now looking at President Donald J. Trump. There's a uh, basically let's break, let's break this down into three things. What's going to happen between now and, the, and January 20th? Let's look at what's going to happen on January 20th when Donald Trump moves into the White House and Republicans begin uh, taking control of government and transitioning uh, the Obama administration transitioning out. And uh, we'll run that. Let's kind of talk about that for the next two years because the midterm cycle could, could have some, some impact on that. And then let's talk about the country in general in the long term for the future of what we're dealing with here. So it's it's the pub. Let's let's sit back, let's have a beer, have a cup of coffee or a club soda if you're 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 not so inclined as to join us for an adult beverage because we're uh, we're all you know we're all in this together and the pub is a good this this is this is a safe place for the left and for progressives. So where are we right now? Uh, besides in various uh, in, the, in the various stages of the grieving process, most people still in denial, uh, moving into anger. Um, we have to move quicker to acceptance because you can't look at the you can't spend too much time being introspective here. We've got to we've got to keep moving and we've got to go forward. So we basically have until January twentieth. President Obama is still. POTUS. He is still President of the United States. We're going to have transition. You're going to have less things going. This Congress is a lame duck. The makeup of this Congress, of the new Congress, is, is actually a little bit better from the perspective of Democrats than the current Congress. One big thing that certainly will not be happening is uh, Judge Merrick Garland will not be confirmed for the Supreme Court. Uh, you know that that's obviously gone uh, now. You know the the, the possibility that uh, that McConnell may have allowed a vote. You know between Grassley and McConnell, uh, had Secretary Clinton won, let the moderate come in, that kind of thing. Well, certainly that's not going to happen now. So we know that coming in. So that's basically uh, anything in Congress right now is pretty much off the table. The main concern that folks have between now and January 20th of 2017 is health care. Uh, anything that you can do to set yourself up in a better health care position between now and January 20th is a good idea. The big recommendation right now, uh, women who are, uh, you know, women of childbearing years and women who are who are taking some form, uh, some form of birth control. The, the main thing here is both from a cost perspective as well as a legal slash uh, availability perspective, 
the, the, the big women's healthcare theme of the day is go get an IUD because they'll last 10 or 12 years. Basically, an IUD will outlast Donald Trump's presidency and we can go from there. That, uh, that, that's, take that to a broader theme. Uh, anything that you can do, whether it's uh, prescription drugs, uh, whatever, yeah, you know, there's certain limits here on what you're going to be able to stock up on and that kind of thing. But kind of take a prepper mentality with some of these things. You know, what can we front load? What can we do? Can you, you know, prepay healthcare uh, in some way, or can you put away some money uh, in case we have serious rate jumps and that kind of thing? The loss of ACA. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute, but. In the meantime, uh, the, the big concern with, with women's health, of course, is the fact that, that uh, well, Trump does not really signal a lot there in terms of personal views, but we know that, that Mike Pence is on the crazy Christian side of things. So that is a major, that is, that's a serious threat to birth control in general. Uh, losing ACA becomes a serious threat to affordability of birth control for women. So, you know, we get into that. Uh, so that's one thing. Second thing, uh, basic or, or other things between now and January, uh, there's, there's not much, you know, government isn't going to shut down, but government, we have to start making, uh, taking a serious look. Take these months while Obama is still in office and look at what what functions of government basically will remain that the Republican, you know, that Republican voters want, will want to maintain and can't draw the line at? Uh, and those things we look at, you know, how can we how can we leverage what we can what can we do for uh, for just about anybody that needs some sort of hand up or uh, some sort of, of protection from the government and uh, identify the things, frankly, identify the things that white people like about government and make sure that white voters are aware that we just can't mess with those. And so we need to start targeting those kinds of things and go from there. Stuff then that you know, we, we know are gonna be threats, that's why we can't, we can't drag out the grieving process too long here. Because we've got to be, we've got to get back into the mode of addressing what's going to happen when Republicans actually start going after and trying to undo things from the Obama administration. So that's that's pretty much our our first level of basically stuff that uh, things that we need to deal with between now and January twentieth. Uh, women's health, women, uh, reproductive rights. Let's face it, the the abortion issue wasn't wasn't looking. It, you know, the the whole idea of, of of reproductive rights just wasn't looking very rosy in general, unless we could get uh, all three, basically get the presidency, get the White House, and both houses of Congress Democrat. We weren't going to get any any real progress there, and e because at the state level. 
we're, we're losing in a big way on abortion. The, the Supreme Court has, has helped a good bit with that, dealing with some of the most heinous pieces of legislation and that kind of thing. But we need to start looking at what we can do on a local level, and, and we'll talk about that as well as we go on. So we've got that, uh, trying to deal with, you know, the, the uh, as much as we can with addressing uh, the what's going to happen with ACA. Uh, it's that's that's going to be. There are things that we can do. We'll talk about in a minute. There are things that can happen that we can deal with for post ACA, that or post uh, January twentieth with ACA. That that we you know will be there and we can work with a good bit. So there's that. The big thing though. Or the big theme I want to stress, and we'll be doing that as uh, you know, as we sit here in the pub and uh, have a you know have a beverage and uh, commiserate and scheme uh, as we go forward. The important thing now is that we've just got to we've got to move almost light speed now from denial and anger straight into acceptance no more bargaining no, no nothing else we got to we've, we've got to do it you know there's the there's the there's a line oh gosh i can't remember it was the girl who was josh's girlfriend the brunette not not mandy but the um that's terrible i can't remember her name now she was the political consultant ended up being uh mrs bartlett's chief of staff uh, at, at one point and and you know it was uh, one of the times when the the White House was at odds with her pack and she got fired as a result of it had to resign as a result of a win by Josh and she looks and she says hey I'm a pro when you're in the NBA and you lose you take a shower you have a drink and you get ready and and, and move on and that's the idea okay yeah take a day or two have take a nice long shower, take a long bath, relax, deep breaths. Tomorrow, for for example, tomorrow I'm going to go uh, to Audrey Park, and I'm going to go walk the labyrinth, and that kind of thing. Just get focused, okay? Come back focused by Friday morning. We'll talk then about about a few. Well, actually, we'll talk tomorrow too. But yeah, we'll we'll keep going from there. So that's the big thing. Right now is you know there are things and lists to be made, of plans to be uh, to be laid out, and some immediate action steps that we're going to need to move forward on. So we'll kind of do that. And the important thing is, let's make sure that we're all on the same page and ready to go. So that's going to be step one. Let's pause for a minute, take a break, and then we'll come back and talk about what we're going to need to do after January twentieth. Okay, and we're back. Uh, it's a voodoo bangle from Tin Roof Brewing in Baton Rouge kind of day here for me in the pub. Uh, I, I, I thought it might end up, you know, going into the whiskey. I thought this might be a, a gold spot kind of day. But, um, you know, this is, I, I've, I've been through this before. Uh, I, I posted this on Facebook this morning uh, that uh, I can remember when I was a freshman at Brother Martin in, in the fall of 1972. And, of course, that was Nixon's re-election campaign. Now, <clears throat> Watergate 
was the only, you know, the only, the only person in, in, in the world at that point that was seriously looking at Watergate, of course, was Bob Woodward. Uh, nobody's looking at that. That's not even on anybody's radar at this point. And so it was November 8, 1972. I'm, what, uh, 13? <clears throat> so obviously I'm not voting. But uh, a number of men and women that I, to this day, respect very, very highly. In fact, my first book, uh, my Canal Streetcar book, was dedicated to those men and women of the English department at Berlin Martin High School. And a number of them came in wearing black armbands that next morning because they were that upset. That's a combination of Nixon being Nixon and <laughs> Nixon being Nixon and the Vietnam War and everything else. But, you know, we got less than two years later, Nixon was out of office. That's the important thing to think about right now is that this is not, uh, President Trump is not necessarily a four-year thing. Uh, there's, a, you know, everything that was wrong about this guy yesterday is still wrong about him today. The media is going to have just so much piling on with some of these things. There's no Hillary to kick anymore. The only person left to kick around is going to be Donald J. Trump. So, the, you know, we've got that. So, uh, we have to look at this. That we're going with this is we have to consider dealing with Trump on a two-year cycle. Uh, we've got, yeah, yes, he's got four years. Uh, maybe he'll get, we'll get rid of him. But the big issue is not can we, de not that we have to deal with Trump. It's what we're going to have to deal with with an all-Republican Congress and a Donald J. Trump that's going to sign the bills that they pass. And the first thing that Paul Ryan and his buddies are going to want to pass is going to be a repeal of the Affordable Care Act. Uh, their their lob, the, the health insurance lobby, pharma, all of the constituents of the Republican Party loathe ACA, and they're going to need to do something about it. So that's going to be very high on their agenda. Fortunately for Democrats, we have one very interesting firewall that might keep ACA, if not completely in place, the legislative side of ACA, the actual bill itself, can, uh, we, can, we can take some big steps towards preventing its repeal. That firewall are 49 Democratic senators, basically the minority caucus, or what will be the, well, what will continue to be the minority caucus in the United States Senate. Uh, it's very much possible that we can maintain ACA. Uh, certainly, uh, the notion of repeal and replace can be prevented by the United States Senate. Uh, if an aggressive use of Senate rules and the Senate filibuster takes place. So we've got that going for us. That's an important thing coming into the new Congress and the new term. We have to, you know, to look at that and uh, basically Everyone's going to have to put it to Schumer. Uh, you know, one of the things with Harry Reid, uh, you know, it's like Harry Reid has, uh, has had his uh, moments of, of good judgment, moments of brilliance in terms of handling the Senate and countering McConnell. However, his, uh, the, his inability to fight what McConnell is doing 
was limited because, of course, McConnell was, was the naysayer. Basically, President Obama would want to do something, appoint someone, etc., and he would fight it tooth and nail to the point where then, you know, we'd be, have to compromise and give up things just to get what, what rational people would simply give the, uh, a president. Now, the shoe's on the other foot. There are a lot of people saying that, well, we should just do back to them everything that they have done to President Obama. Yes and no. Let's talk about that for a minute. Um, first off, let's talk, you know, stay with ACA. That's going to be the big one. Uh, the, the definitely should be filibustered. And we should, you know, uh, anytime, any procedural move that can be done to slow down what they want to do. One of two things will happen. One, they'll give up. Uh, it'll give the House of Representatives uh, more, uh, you know, more than enough opportunity to say they tried, just like the 70 some odd repeal attempts that they have made on the bill since 2010, that sort of thing. So we've got that, you know, there's that possibility and that going for it uh, as we move on. The second piece of this is going to be, uh, or this, the, 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 the other big issue here with, uh, with ACA is uh, there are so many things in ACA that Republican, that white, white, that basically white conservative voters want. The biggest of which, of course, is the uh, the, the prohibition of uh, disqualifying people for uh, pre-existing conditions. You know, that's that's the joke, right? Is what's what's a Democrat, a Republican with a pre-existing condition? So. Um, with that in mind, or with that notion, uh, it's going to be very easy for the Republican Congress to blame that on obstructionist, sen uh, obstructionist Democratic senators. Hey, no problem, Chuck. Go ahead and you know go go rep that and uh, and fundraise it on it, fundraise on it, and we will we got your back on that one, quite frankly. So we'll see where that goes. So that's going to be the big one. Now, are there other things? that we can deal with here in terms of obstruction. Uh, that becomes the next big question. Do the 49 Republic, uh, Democratic senators try to maintain the court at an 8-8, excuse me, at a 4-4, you know, eight-person level uh, indefinitely, basically? Now, remember, we're not talking about that for, for four years. You're talking about trying to do something for two years in the hopes that we can flip a couple of those Senate seats. 2018 favors the Republicans in terms of the, the you know the calculus of control of the Senate. It's a much more it's a much friendlier map in terms of who's up uh, and and those challenges than uh, this time around in uh, you know, in in, uh, in 2016. Still, that said, can we string out delaying? Can we uh, can we Keep the court at 4-4 until then. That's, that's a tough one. Uh, perhaps maybe some bargaining on that. Uh, it's, a, you know, it, it's, it's as obvious to them as it is for us. The big question will be, is McCon will McConnell pull the filibuster? He's been loath to do it in the past. Uh, so it'll, uh, it's not likely. He's going to want to reserve the filibuster for the next time there's a Democratic president. And that's going to be, so that's going to be an interesting angle with that. So ACA, 
uh, the, the need there. It's important to lobby and contact your Democratic senators, those of you who are in states that have them, and let's make sure that they fight for ACA as much as possible. For the court, that's going to be a different story. There's some, you know, the, 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 the notion of, of, of fighting it indefinitely. Possibly, you know, can, can we do things that will, that will force them to compromise on a less extremist individual nominated for the court, that sort of thing? Definitely not out of the question. You know, we, uh, hopefully we, the big thing there is, you know, hopefully we won't end up with another Scalia. So in terms of the next two years, that's the two biggest things that we can do. But the other catch with that is that we're simply not going to be able, we're not going to get any sort of a progressive agenda that's going to push and build on things that the Obama administration's done. So that gets us into long term. Let's take another break and uh, we'll come back and talk about the long term. Okay, let's continue. So um, let's talk about things beyond two years from now. I say, I, we, we have to break this down into that first two years, uh, in, into, into two-year increments. Just there, There's no doubt about that in my mind, that we have to focus on this, the first two years and, 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 and do this in, in stages and steps. That's the, that's the best way to convince people not to despair really is the bottom line here, is that, you know, it, you don't know what's going to happen. We may be, you know, yes, that means if, we, if, if, uh, if for some reason Trump can be forced out, that likely means President Pence. That does not portend well either, but, uh, you know, we have to hope that, that, that cooler heads on their side will rein this guy in, in terms of some of the, the really crazy things, in particular in terms of foreign policy and economics that... He's just bloody clueless on. Um, so, so we're going to fight ACA to keep ACA. We're going to do what we can for the Supreme Court. Uh, that's that's going to be the big thing there. Now, going beyond that into uh, the future and what we you know what we need to look at. Um, we, we you know we've always uh, the, the 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 famous line right. The era of big government is over. Uh, do we, as, as progressives, we have to start rebuilding what we think government should be. In the late 1970s, coming into the quote-unquote Reagan revolution, we saw Christian conservatives in this country latch on to Jerry Falwell's moral majority and start building from the ground up. You want to talk about David Duke? who fortunately, as expected, lost badly in uh, the Louisiana Senate race. But David Duke helped lay the groundwork for the no condoms in schools, put prayer back in the classroom people. And they, they started at the city council, aldermen, school board level, worked up from there. Uh, Steve Scalise did not become the third person in the House of Representatives in the, in, in the Republican caucus 
out of the blue. He came, you know, he's a rumble guy who runs for uh, for a state legislature, following in the footsteps of, Dave, of David Duke and David Vetter, follows in and then builds on that and goes into Congress. So it's a the, the idea of conservatives. Uh, well, Scalise is a bad example. I see him more as an opportunist than an ideologue. But the we have to put our own ideologues back into local government. We start. We need to start having the uh, you know to have true progressives go to or and step up and debate these people. Is that going to work in Jefferson Parish, Louisiana? Perhaps not. Will it work in Florida? Will it work in Minnesota and Wisconsin? Will it work in Ohio? Most definitely. That's going to be the big thing. We've got to work back, go back to school here, and start rebuilding. The fact that we've got 49 senators in Congress at this time is a very encouraging thing. The fact that Secretary Clinton won the popular vote last night means we're not going all the way back to school. But we do have to deal with the issues of control of Congress that come, that's in particular control of the House of Representatives that stem from gerrymandering. Gerrymandering happens, quite frankly, because redistricting has been in, uh, Republicans have been in control of reapportionment and redistricting of congressional districts because they own state legislatures. We've got to fight that. Where do you get a candidate for state legislature from? You get them from the school board, from the council of aldermen, from the town council. You get them from a local, you know, a local mayor can turn around and run for legislature. Uh, we've got to do things that build on that and make that change. And it's time that Democrats take that seriously. Top down and being satisfied with controlling the White House, that was nice for eight years. It ain't happening right now. We've got to do that. The other piece that's important to start thinking about is the vision or the progressive concept of the role of government. We have to start rethinking this. One of the things that, in terms of a legitimate effort to shrink government that we saw in the Bush 43 administration is the whole notion of, of, of passing some of the, what used to be, or what are responsibilities of government to the community and to privatize, if you will, some of those responsibilities. And with, with Bush 43, that became the notion of using faith-based community efforts. Let the churches, you know, somebody, somebody in the community has cancer, let the church help with that. We, we do it anyway, right? You know, it's like you've you got somebody who's, you know, really ill. The, 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 the congregation comes together. The church parish comes together. People cook meals for the family. You do what you have to do. You know, somebody's got... Somebody has to, you know, is not working as much because of chemo. We step up, we, we, we chip in, we do what we can to help that family out. We have to start looking at these kind of things now as things that, as progressives and liberals, we must start doing as a community. You don't like the way public education is going, 
when the Republicans didn't and the conservatives didn't, they started homeschooling. Do we need to start homeschooling efforts among progressives? Are there things we could do there? Possibly. Let's you know, we could have to look at you know the, the the notion of public schools as they are now may just have to go by the wayside completely and we start rethinking these things. The important thing here and my 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 big we're, we're going to flesh this out as we go along. I did a brief blog post about this on Yak Pundit this morning uh, about faith-based liberals. And we're just going to have to look at that. Well, what kind of faith? You know, half of us are, are you know, obviously half of you know, it's like we've got Christians, we've got Muslims, we've got Jews, we've got atheists. What faith are we talking about here? We're not looking to impose a theocracy. Faith-based liberalism the faith I'm talking about here is that we all believe that the United States can be a better place than the vision of the United States that Donald J. Trump has and the Republican Party has. That is our faith. That is our belief. We need to build on that. We need to make our communities <clears throat> believe we could be better than what these people do. We have relied on government for this for a very long time. We rely on public education. We said public schools are going to help fix this. It hasn't happened. We've relied, you know, we said, well, ACA, improve, expand Medicaid. That's going to help with health care. Now we need to start thinking, how do we develop, how do we nurture and grow community clinics that will help with well, uh, you know, with with uh, preventative care as opposed to treating uh, immediate symptoms and immediate, uh, acute care. Uh, what can we do in the community on a private level to deal with that? We've been good about things like food banks and that sort of thing. That notion of privatization. Uh, again, we need to become a faith-based community. We need to do the things as progressives that Republicans suggested that churches and conservative Christian groups do. We're just going to have to work on it, beat it up, and make it happen. There's, there's just no other way to describe that. So, uh, well, that's the three things I wanted to talk about today. Uh, let's, uh, you know, I'm mouthing off in the pub a lot, but you're going to see that, uh, you know, for, for a while here. Uh, to sum it up, We've got to do the things we need to do between now and January 20th of next year. We need to look at what we can do for the next two years until the next election cycle, until the midterm cycle, to improve or to make the best of what we've got and to preserve as much of the gains that, uh, that the Obama administration scored as we can. Three, we need to start looking at the long term, the long road. We know that we're not going to be able to just undo everything. We're going to have to attack this problem from the outside, from the private sector. And as Democrats and, and progressives, we're going to have to step up and make that happen. Uh, been talking too much. I need to get back to my beer. I mean, hey, this is a pub. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Thanks for listening. <laughs>